Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise. Hi, I'm Elise Lunen, co-host with Gwyneth of the Goop Podcast. In today's episode, in efforts to spread awareness and helpful information on how we can best manage during the coronavirus pandemic, Matt Richtel is joining us. Hi, Matt. Hello. Good so, morning. Good morning. So, Matt Richtel is a Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times journalist and the author of An Elegant Defense, The Extraordinary New Science of the Immune System. Regarding the current COVID-19 situation, Matt is joining us to talk about the importance of keeping our immune system in balance. We'll learn about how the immune system responds to viruses, what we need to know about the relationship between our immune system and our lungs, and the implications of COVID-19 slow onset. So, Matt, I know you're you're self-isolating at home with your kids. Yeah. Um, thanks for hopping on the phone. I hate not reading books in full before interviewing people. I'm 55% of my way through your book, which I love. It's really fun and fascinating. I love this. Go on. I love this part of the interview. <laughs> I I literally was like sitting in the parking garage outside of the podcast studio trying to slam it as fast as I could, but I wanted to savor it. So for people who are looking for things to read, this is actually both appropriate for what's happening and entertaining, which is hard to do when you're writing about the immune system. Yeah. So complicated stuff. Seriously. So um, let's start with what the immune system is and where it comes from in our bodies. Yeah. So um, can I just give a, a, the briefest um, why in the world are we talking about the immune system and, and how did I get into this? And then I will explain why the immune system is not at all what I thought it was. Yeah, you do you. Okay, I'm going to do me. Um, it's not anybody who is frustrated with me doing me should send in angry cards and letters. Um, look, I had a friend who was, uh, I grew up in Colorado. I had a friend uh, from high school who was Mr. Everything a long time ago. And four or five years ago, he uh, got cancer and had, um, the long story short is chemo and radiation failed him. And he was down to his um, hospice. Uh, his oncologist in Denver said, Jason, I love you, man, but um, there's nothing left to do. you got to go home and die. Um, peace, love. And he went home, and at the last second, with 15 pounds of tumor in his back, doubling every few weeks, he took an immunotherapy drug. You know those newfangled drugs that are supposed to boost your immune system? Yeah. And two weeks later, his remember, he's in hospice, nine toes in the grave, his girlfriend wakes him up and says, Jason, get out of bed. Your tumor's disappeared. Wow. And he rose from the grave. And at that moment, I realized 
as his friend and as a New York Times health and science reporter, I had to understand what the heck is the immune system and how is it that we've been able to tinker with it at the molecular level. And remarkably enough, that brings us to this very moment because it's the immune system, curiously enough, that is right in the middle of this conversation about the coronavirus. How do we balance the immune system, support the immune system? What is it about? Right. And as you sort of explain in your book, there's misconception amongst probably a vast majority of us that we need to theoretically strengthen our immune systems. But it's not really that, right? Many of us have overreactive immune systems. Some have underreactive, but that it's really that that balance of getting our trained assassins to do what they are hardwired to do, which is find the pathogens, find the virus, find the parasite, whatever it is, and attack it. Yeah. So, so just to to set the stage for the coronavirus, I, I will tell you about what I thought the immune system was, where I was wrong. I suspect many of us are wrong, and what it actually is. So here's the deal. Do you um, do you, do you have you ever thought um, my immune system is this is this awesome killer that's going to get rid of everything that um, is around me that's dangerous? Of course. That, that's what I thought, too. I mean, that is what I brought into this. When I took on Jason's story, and then in an elegant defense, there's two women with autoimmune disorders and, and someone with HIV, I thought, I'm going to learn that the immune system is this vicious, awesome killer working in our defense. You need me on the wall, and how do we boost it? Right. So I was totally wrong. <laughs> I will own that. Uh, my wife is a doctor. I had to. I had to apologize repeatedly to her for being so not listening at dinner. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Do you remember? Um, do you remember the movie The Matrix? Of course. Okay. So remember all those ones and zeros that were all over the place and and that they were digital information. Yeah. Okay. So if you look around you right now, like what are you what are you staring at right now? Um, my podcast producer Phil. Okay, Phil, what else? Um, a mic, microphone. Microphone, keep going. A computer. Computer, Co- desk. Yes, desk. Your clothing. Yeah. Presumably you're dressed. I, well, yes, Phil made me get dressed. I know. Is it Phil, is, he's so, I don't know, he's just that way. All right, so here's the deal. On everything, inside Phil, there are microbes. On your microphone, on your desk, everybody who's listening is covered in microbes. They are covered not with ones and zeros, but with virus, bacteria, parasite. And here's the deal. Most of that stuff would not harm you. Mm-hmm. In fact, as you'll learn in a second, much of that stuff is cooperative with you, especially the stuff in your gut. All of that it collectively is called the microbiome. If the immune system was what I thought initially, this thing that this barnstormer, bouncer, that was going to destroy everything, it would kill not only the handful of things that would harm us, but all of this bacteria and virus and parasite in the world that serve us well. Right. So I was wrong. I had to realize not only was I, that is not that, but actually much of that stuff around you, even the stuff on Phil, on his arms, on your clothes, on your microphone, actually teaches our immune system how to react. So when you go, say, um, inhale, 
or playing your kid plays in the dirt or something, your immune system gets a bunch of stuff coming in, and all these defenders learn that's good to react to, that's not necessary to react to, and what happens over time is it gets into exquisite balance. Mm. Make sense? Not make sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. So, uh, do I ramble on from there and connect this yeah. to the coronavirus? Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. So, uh, you just got to say, Matt, rein it in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I put on clothes, but I didn't have enough caffeine for this level of energy. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm... Okay. So, one of the misconceptions that we have in life is, based on what I've said, I ultimately come to think of the immune system as part bouncer and part ballet dancer. You want it to react strongly to those things that cause a threat, but you want it to restrain when something is not a threat. Why is that? Because for all of you who have suffered from an autoimmune disorder, mild or extreme, that is an example where your immune system, out of balance, attacks your joints, makes you feel feverish, makes you feel sluggish. Uh, for me, I can occasionally get a migraine. Mm -hmm. if, if you've experienced any of those things, that's an immune system, your elegant defense, delicately balanced, out of balance. Right. Remarkably enough, many of the deaths in the ICU prior to coronavirus and now including coronavirus are not a function of the flu or the pneumonia that hits the elderly in particular or the infirm. It's a function afterwards when the immune system overreacts and begins to flood the lungs with too many immune cells. Right. It is a zealous reaction of an aging, out-of-balance immune system. Got it. That blew me away when I heard that. And that's from your boy, Fauci, who you talked to throughout your book. This comes, uh, my boy, <laughs> Fauci. <laughs> I love that you're taking, like, the, the most eminent uh, immunologist on earth and calling him my boy. Well, you have... <laughs> he's, my dude, he's my dude, Tony Fauci. <laughs> National hero, but who National is... National hero, also Matt's dude. <laughs> um, you know, it is funny about Tony Fauci as an aside. Before he appeared, you know, everywhere. Um, I, so I didn't know who he was initially. And people said, look, you're writing this book. He is the king of understanding the immune system. You got to get him on the phone. And I would get him on the phone. And then I'd, he and I would talk regularly. This was obviously not in a period of crisis. And I don't think I understood who I was talking to, and I would get around other scientists or people in the medicine fields, and I would say, yeah, and I learned from Tony Fauci, and they'd say, wait, wait, like the phone would go silent for a second. <laughs> and it was like I had just talked to, like, the love child of Gwyneth and, like, Michael Jordan or something. Like, you know, it was like, can I say that? Did yeah. I say that? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, that's how, to a scientist... It was like saying, you know, I was, so I was talking to Jesus the other day. <laughs> um, but his point, and it, it will, I, I know we have a lot to talk about if we, depending on how deep we want to go to the immune system. His point is that more than anything else, we want balance in our immune system. Mm 
what does balance mean? Um, balance means that when our immune system reacts, it does so it, at the, to the extent that is necessary to rid our body of a virus or bacteria without overreacting. Mm-hmm. Because the immune system is so extra- extraordinarily powerful, arguably the single most powerful organism on the earth, capable of doing more damage with more precision um, in a moment than any other thing or any other disease or parasite or bacteria could do to us ourselves. And so the question becomes, rather than boosting our immune system, how do we balance our immune system? Yeah. And I go, sorry. No, sorry, you go. That was, I was just confirming. Go, go, yeah. Matt, go. So you go. <laughs> you go, Fauci's boy. <laughs> um, okay, so big step back. We've got this elegant defense. It is predicated on the idea that it is monitoring our bodies for virus, bacteria, parasite, for that which would do us harm, and treading lightly so as not to overreact. Because much of what, we, what comes around us in the world actually teaches us, helps our immune system. So how do we keep our immune system in balance? There are three ways that we understand very specifically. And the, I'm going to name them up front, and then we can take them one by one in whichever order uh, I will, we can do. We, you, you lead. But stress, sleep, and nutrition are the three ways we best understand to keep our immune system in balance now and always. Um, what, where, what's your leaning? Where do you want to go? Let's start with nutrition because I think so many people are, you know, understandably slamming vitamin C right now and just like yes. searching their fridges for the last scrap of kale, et cetera. So what, what does that look like? Okay. So the first thing I want to say about nutrition is, and this comes from, actually, this one comes from a lot of people, but, but this, this particular part does come from Fauci himself. Um, he will tell you, we don't have magic bullets yet. And the reason I say that is that there is a lot of stuff on the shelf promising to either boost, which again, I want to be clear, don't, don't believe that, um, don't buy that, or to support your immune system. There is a lot of anecdotal evidence about um, specific nutrition items, specific food. It is largely unproven. Mm-hmm. I really want to underscore that. What is shown is that there is a lot to be said for a natural diet, and I'll explain why that is in a second, and there's a lot to be said for a balanced diet. Here's the rationale behind that. Remember I mentioned that the immune system is reacting to things around it yeah, and trying to calibrate? Yeah. When you take unnatural things into your body, say processed foods, you can force your immune system to make some assessments to react. 
it may, I want to underscore, may be why we begin to see things like diabetes and weight issues that come with the consumption of heavy processed foods. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that a processed food per se, a bag of chips, is going to cause your immune system to react. But it does appear that these obesogenic foods can imbalance your immune system over time. We do not exactly know the mechanism. What should you do right now? You should eat a balanced diet. Full stop. I wish I had magic bullets for you. I wish I could tell you that wiping avocado on your forehead <laughs> would make the coronavirus go away. Although that could keep somebody at a social distance of six feet. So now that I think about it, I may have just solved it, and I could be the leader of the free world. You could be Fauci. But more, we, we actually know more about sleep and exercise and keeping stress down than we do about nutrition for the very reasons I've said. Full, the, the big warning here is don't buy the, the marketing hype. Eat a, eat a healthy, balanced diet. Fruits and vegetables support your immune system. Isn't it one of the, I mean, one of the theories or one of the things that we hear a lot of the functional doctors who we work with talk about is just, for whatever reason, processed foods or the belief is, and again, we might not understand all the mechanisms and there are certain things that people say aren't real or valid, et cetera, but that they just believe they're causing inflammation and yes. chronic inflammation is bad for us. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that word. Um, the, the connection often comes through when inflammation is, I should, have, I should have defined this, inflammation is the reaction of your immune system to a stimulation. And Inflammation can be all the things I described earlier, a GI, feeling in your GI tract, a, a, um, a, a joint pain, a migraine. These are all expressions of inflammation. And yes, it is true that we believe that certain processed foods, we have an understanding, can, can lead to inflammation, possibly because they lead to obesogenic conditions, um, possibly because in our gut they cause reactions of cells connected to the immune system that leave us feeling badly. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to something that I keep harping on, balanced immune system. Inflammation, not good. It means your immune system is out of balance. It means that you might be more susceptible to disease in any circumstance, particularly now. Right. So, um, but yeah, I agree. There's no silver bullet. There's no, nothing you're going to buy on the shelves of Whole Food right now that's going to keep you from the need to social distance and not get coronavirus. And right. I think most people, sensible people are, are getting that, or hopefully getting that message. Like this is not the time to, you know, put on a super suit of wh whatever it may be. Um, it's the time to not get sick. So. Yes. And then, okay, so let's go to sleep, exercise, anxiety. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I actually think the, the biggest – it's weird to, to see this all over these warnings. But um, among the biggest revelations I came to learn about in an elegant defense has to do with the way stress works. And that is the, that is the heading under which sleep and exercise both fall – 
and it's quite remarkable unless you've been it's quite it's quite curious i think you'd find it unless you've been studying this to see like the WHO and the CDC and even the federal government talk about keeping stress low. Mm -hmm. They know something. They know something about the relationship between stress and your ability to fight the coronavirus that um, would have boggled my mind before I wrote this book. But now that I understand the science, um, I I so wholly embrace it that uh, I want to tell you that my kids and I and my wife – are building in five minute. I just heard my daughter scream from the other room. No, we're not. <laughs> we're building in five minutes of meditation, guided meditation in the morning and night. And this is not woo woo stuff. This is hardcore science. I go into it deeper in the book, but I'd like to walk you through um, this idea because I think it's the most life-saving thing, life-preserving thing, life-supporting thing I can offer you on this call. So here's the deal. In olden times, in primitive times, uh, can you picture yourself being chased by a lion? Of course. Okay, so this is basically you, but just lots, much hairier. You've got like a beard and like frilly (laughs) hair and a spear. Who's to say I don't? You can't see me now. But yes. <laughs> All right, because you might now. I should not have presupposed. Yes. Um, you're running from the lion. In that moment, you are experiencing a fight-or-flight response. You are sending off hormones that have, to the extent that humans have superpowers, this is it. You are firing off um, stuff that, that hormones, chemicals, that, that increase the size of your blood vessels to keep blood going to your body that heighten your focus. You know this feeling. You yeah. have, we have it all the time in modern life. Here's the thing. During this period of intense stress, extraordinary stress, you are shifting your body's resources away from the immune system. Now, why in the heck would that be? Well, actually, it's quite logical. If, you body has limited, if your body has limited resources and you're under stress and feeling the acute threat of a lion, it really does not matter to your body right now if you might die of a virus. Right. The, cold, the head cold can wait. And so what, what happens in primitive times is we shift in those few moments when we're under huge duress, being chased by a lion, we shift our resources away from our immune system. And we become more susceptible in that moment to virus. But again, who cares? You can survive a head cold later. You can't survive the lion right then. What has happened in modern life is that we have begun to see lions that are not there. There ain't no lion. Now, it's understandable that we might interpret a call from a spouse, from our boss, are you coming in today, you know, the call from school. And certainly the drumbeat of media saying, coronavirus has this many cases in your community as being a lion, Mm -hmm. but it's not. And we've removed out of the present and then made ourselves more susceptible to a virus. It is crucial right now for your health that you take steps to live in the present. And I would suggest through meditation or breathing, which shuts off the fight-or-flight mechanism, proven through science, silences it, takes it down, 
This connects directly to sleep and exercise. But before I go there, let me just pause and say, has that made sense? Are you now wielding your spear my direction? No, no, no. Are we on the same page? No, it absolutely makes sense. I think that's the the, and weirdly the most stressful um, part of the last few days because right now, um, I don't know exactly when this is going up soon, but it's, what is it, March 14th? So we're, March 16th. So we're, um, you know, getting the call to... It's it's sort of this we're underreacting now we need to to react appropriately social distance work from home shut down restaurants etc. Um, balanced by I think the rest of us also simultaneously trying to hold this idea of like stay calm stay calm so yes. I think now that we're seeing an appropriate push from government and leaders in the community to get everyone to minimize spread now hopefully we can all you know, grounded to our feet and meditate and, and, um, stay calm. But it's, it's, it's a weird, it's hard to do that in the midst of also, you know, panic hoarding, which is what everyone in the country is doing right now. To a huge extent, I have found that it's hard to intellectualize your way out of this. And this is why breathing, um, comes into play because what you're really trying to do is shut off a, uh, primitive physiological mechanism, and that's the outpouring of those chemicals. Um, this is also where sleep becomes really important. So lack of sleep, um, even by one night, can depress your immune system. Lots of science in the book about why that is. But this is where breathing or other techniques you might use, shutting your phone down at night, giving yourself a, a barrier between your day and your night, to get rest are crucial uh, for the very reasons that when you do not sleep, you keep that adrenal cycle going and you can depress your immune system. For anyone, the, the most vivid science that I know on this, um, and I've experienced it myself, comes from cold sores. Uh, th- there's some great research about um, studying people just around finals, college students, and those who see get a uh, uh, Basically, it's herpes. Herpes is a virus that hangs out in the ganglia of your brainstem. And when it, it never goes away, when you are stressed or get, get less sleep, um, you may know somebody who gets a cold sore. That's because your immune system recedes a little bit. It gets depressed. The resources get shifted into a, from a fight-or-flight mechanism, and those cold sores start to crawl out. They literally crawl out. That's a good reminder that you need to take some steps to recede. You have the opportunity. I'm speaking to the royal you out there. I'm sorry. I'm soapboxy right now, but um, um, it's worse than mansplaining. It's white mansplaining, and it's worse than that because my name is Matt, so it's matsplaining. <laughs> and I will patent that, and because I am a white Matt, I will try to make money off it. <laughs> oh, God. So... So, and because I'm a white man, I'm now laughing at my own joke. <laughs> I'm here Just for hang it. Up. I'm here so, for look, it. Look, the, the upshot of that, and here's the final piece, because I know we're running out of time, is exercise. The right amount of exercise, not killing yourself, but the right amount of exercise has the same capacity to begin to diminish that excessive inflammation, to keep your immune system in balance, and to help you with sleep and stress. You can control control these things. 
these are within your power. What's the right amount of exercise? Like, what is, what is, because I haven't gotten to that part of the book. Well, what I discovered, and interestingly enough, I asked uh, my boy Fauci about this too. Um, I said, you know, Tony, sometimes when I feel a little cold coming on, I, I want to exercise because I think that I, that will reduce my stress and keep my inflammation low and help me with my symptoms. And he said, look, you know what, I, I fall for the same thing. But I would tell you, when you start to feel sick, it's small things like walks. And when you're not feeling sick, it's your regular exercise regimen. So just by way of example, I played pretty hard tennis yesterday um, because I felt fine. But if I start to get the sniffles, not coronavirus, but a little bit of a head cold, I'll pull back from that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the idea is that you keep the body moving. If you want to think about why this might be in primitive terms, when your body exercises, you're it's not like your body knows the difference in primitive terms, whether you're playing tennis or going for a jog or hunting and gathering. And so the way your body interprets exercise in a way is I am still actively pursuing life. Yeah. And so I will rebuild my cells and rebuild my longevity and prepare to care for my offspring or myself um, internally if I am exercising. Yeah. So that's the that's the basic primitive rationale for that. And so if for people who live near nature and can get outside and hike, walk, it's getting to be warmer, obviously, that's probably a good option while most gyms are shutting down and should be shutting down across the country. For people who are trapped in apartments and, you know, socially isolated what's like streaming a yoga class enough is there an idea yes. like the rigor I mean, things like that look here's one thing i would say it's hard to do but if you decide to stream a yoga class and and amen to that um try to find some time when the screen's not on as well right because what happens in those moments is it does keep you alert in a way that um that you would like to shut off at times that it would suit you to shut off at times um, but look, we're all, we're all, even in homes right now, even with some nature, we're feeling cautious about going outside. Um, you know, find some time to sit, do some stretches that you can do without even the, the streaming. But I like the streaming thing. I think it's brilliant. Can I, can I say one thing, though, that I do not want to get lost? And it has to do with our parents and grandparents, depending on how old we are yeah. and why the coronavirus is such a terrible threat to that population as it relates to the immune system? Yes, please. So the statistics are, um, are astonishing. Um, and I, I don't want to be hyperbolic here and play into any fear, but it's, it's hard to even exaggerate them. It looks like the mortality rate, look, let's put a fine point on it. People are in their 70s and 80s are dying at at astronomical rates from this. Astronomical might only be 15% for people in their 80s and say half that for people in their 70s, but by the standards of almost any acute disease, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, why, why is that happening? Well, there's two things to point out. One is, have you heard it called the novel coronavirus? Have yeah. you heard that phrase? Yeah. Every time I hear that phrase after writing this book, the, I, 
I, all I can think about is the word novel. What it means is that going back to the beginning of the conversation when I mentioned all those ones and zeros that surround us and how they train our immune system, none of those ones and zeros, none of that input for our lifetimes has ever been this virus. And that means that our immune system has no experience with it. Right. So first of all, that makes it a significant threat. We didn't have time today to get into how the immune system begins to build its defenses, but when it faces something novel, it can take five to 10 days to do that. That's as our immune system cranks up its factories. As you get older and you are weak, that, that process takes more time or it doesn't happen. And one of the things that, that, that happens instead is your immune system because it is scrambling so hard, trying to figure out a response, may in, may in fact have an out-of-kilter, overzealous, even desperate response. This brings us all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. When I mentioned the people that die in the ICU from having a flurry of immune system activity. Mm-hmm. I am hearing the term, and you may see the term, it's in my book, but it, you will start to hear it in the news now that I'm telling you here. You'll probably become more, you'll, you'll notice it around. It's called cytokine storm. Yeah. That is a, you've heard that, have you heard that term? Yeah. Flood of activity of your immune system. And it may, and it appears that in some of these older people, we are seeing a cytokine storm. A cytokine is the signaling of your immune system sending off, imagine, trillions of instant internet signals saying, come to the scene, come to the scene to your immune cells. And it's those immune cells that flood and ultimately drown the lungs. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lovely takeaway for you here, other than I hope we get enough ventilators and ECMO machines that keep lungs alive so that the virus can pass. That's why we're, that, this, if you want to know why we're flattening this curve, it's partly to give our immune system time to react. Yeah. Particularly in older people. Where are we going to get more ventilators? I mean, is there, do you have any insight? Is it Taiwan? Like, are we, I know um, they're sending supplies, but what are our chances of improving those stocks? Well, when I talk to the people at the hospitals I've had the privilege of talk to, talking to, they say that they have enough for now. Um, I think that what we don't know is whether we are going to be in a situation like Italy. Yeah. And um, I wish I could give you a more concrete answer. I will say this. I got a note last night Um, or I saw a note last night from some people who are working on an open-source, low-cost ventilator system. There's a lot of interesting innovation happening right now. And so I'll return to a few sentences ago and say, by flattening out this curve, by doing your duty, your duty, that's a gross word. I feel like I just turned into (laughs) Stalin. Um, I'm sorry. uh, I just was Stalin's planing. <laughs> Even worse than Matt's planing. No, but we um, have to. We have to push this out. We have to look. But yes, by staying, but by, by by staying inside and flattening this curve, we are giving time to a lot of really smart people 
to try to get the resources going. Yeah, and pace it for our um, healthcare workers in our hospitals. I mean, my dad's a retired pulmonologist in Montana, and he's 75. He's yep. in great health, but he still has his license, and he gets called all the time just to come back to work in general because they don't have enough lung doctors. So I'm, of course, worried that if they get overrun in Montana, he's suiting up and he's, cause he knows how to ventilate. I mean, he knows how to intubate patients. So, um, and he is the, and, and he's in the age group where, yeah. where the lungs are particularly vulnerable to this, this zealous immune response. And so just let me say, uh, as if no one was listening, I, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for him that he stays safe. Me too. But before I let you go, can you, um, can you, if people do feel symptomatic, they're home, um, let's say they're, they're young and vital and hopefully will not need a ventilator or need care, maybe they have a different virus altogether or something else. What is the best, you know, I'm assuming it's just rest, fluids. I've seen from doctors, I tr- like they're trying to understand whether it should be, fever should be treated with acetaminophen or... Um, uh, ibuprofen, like, do you, do you know, have any insight on what people should do beyond just sort of what we always do? Well, what I am reading, um, and I would really urge people to, to talk to their doctors. Yeah. Um, or, so I, I do not want to be the last word on this, but, but what, what people are talking about is known as supportive care. And the part where, the part that I understand that to be is anti-inflammatories, lots of fluids. Um, but I can't say enough going back to this low stress, no exercise at that point, yeah. low stress and sleep. Your body can do its job. It will do its job. So, you know, absent shortness of breath, which is where you need to get potentially that other help, you, you can work through this the way you would another virus. The, the recovery rates are very high for people in, you know, I, 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 even at 50, the 50 to 50 to 59, I believe the mortality rate is 1.3%. So that's still a very, but, but below that, um, and even during that period, you've got a really good chance. Yeah. So keep the stress down, sleep up. Don't panic. It won't serve you. Well, thank you. You need to come back. We're going to do another interview so we can get deep into autoimmune and cancer and the rest of your book because it's so interesting. And now people have a chance to read it before we talk. So they'll have better questions for you than than I will. Um, stay safe. Enjoy your children. Um, and I'll see you. I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey, listen, thank you so much for having me, honestly. No, thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. Okay, take care. All right. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast.